welcome and thank you for visiting us for today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis. For more information regarding our ministry, please stay tuned until after the following message. Come on, somebody. We will tell the devil what to do. Like Jesus did. How did he do it? Spoke the word. In fact, one place when Peter was, oh, no, Lord, you're not going to go. No, get behind me, Satan. You're an offense unto me. You savor not the things of God, but those things that be of men. So you see, the devil didn't take any, uh, shall we say, Jesus didn't take any guff from the devil. Turn to somebody and say, we're not going to make a deal with the devil today. No deals. You know my little song. Don't make friends with the devil. We don't make friends with him. No, we don't make friends with the devil. His pitchfork will get you in the end. Pitchfork. End. You'll get it in a minute. She got it after 30 years, Monty. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm making headway, praise God. Have you found Matthew 27, 35? <laughs> you know what? You got to love coming to church here. Don't you? Yeah, we do love it, love it, love it. Yes, we do. Not all the time, but most of the time. Well, that's pretty good. They crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled what is spoken by the prophet. They parted his garments among them, and upon my vessel they did cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there and set over him, the, over his head, this accusation written. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. This is written, Jesus, the King of the Jews. It's strange, I think, they put that over on top of the cross on a board. Then we drop down to verse 58. So Jesus died on the cross. Can I have an amen? amen? Now, we all know Jesus died on the cross according to Scripture. He was buried, and he was resurrected in the glorified condition. He's alive today. So I'm not going to be on that, even though we know this is you know, the Passover that we observe, of course, as Gentiles. But then verse 58, and he went to Pilate. This is the Joseph, the rich man, and begged the body of Jesus. In other words, he wanted to take the body of Jesus off the cross because his body died. Okay. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. So, okay, go ahead and take him off. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in clean linen cloths, laid it in his own tomb, which he had hewn out of a rock. Now, that's the rock Christ Jesus was laid in a rock. He rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. Now, when they rolled the stone there, they sealed it with wax all the way around the uh, edge with a string attached. And 
If anyone had disturbed that, then everyone would know that the seal was broken. Amen. Now, Jesus didn't come out of the grave uh, dependent upon the stone being rolled away. Doesn't matter. When you have a body like his, the stone means nothing. You just walk right through it. So the stone was rolled away for our benefit, not Christ. Amen. And verse 61, now, and there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Now the next day, that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together to Pilate. And the Pilate saying, Sir, we remember that this deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days, I'll rise again. Isn't it strange how they remembered what he said? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away. And they said unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. Boy, they, they got a problem, don't they? Pilate said unto them, You have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can. I think he had a little hunch here. That he was coming back. But he said, send the soldiers and make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. There it is, sealing the stone with the wax and setting a watch of several guards, trained killers. Amen. If they fell asleep on duty, they were killed. Hmm? Especially if the one they were guarding escaped. In this situation, Jesus was dead. Now, let's go to chapter 28 and verse 1. At the end of the Sabbath day, now the Sabbath day is Saturday, all right? The problem is, is that Sunday starts at 6 p.m. Saturday night and ends Sunday night at 6 p.m., which would start Monday. See, we got it wrong. The evening and the morning is the first day, according to the Word of God. So therefore, Jesus had to come out of the grave sometime after sundown, which we would call Saturday, uh, excuse me, Sunday. But actually, in, in Gentile thinking, that was Saturday night. But in Jewish thinking, it was the beginning of Sunday. So the Bible teaches Jesus arose on Sunday we, we, we choose to believe the probability that he came out of the grave uh, before daylight on Sunday. That's the reason. There's no such thing as a, gra- as, as a sunrise service. Christ arose before the sun came up Sunday. So he had to rise sometime between Saturday night at 6 p.m. and daybreak Sunday, which was all Sunday. Did you understand what I said? But because there are those that say Jesus rose on Saturday, I choose to believe the probabilities that he indeed came out on our Sunday morning before daylight. You know, 2, 3, 4 o'clock a.m. That's the reason we don't observe Sabbath for salvation. Amen, praise God. Getting saved anyway. So that was fulfilled in Christ. Amen. So in the end of the Sabbath, 
as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, dawn, say dawn. Dawn means the sun's coming up the first day of the week, which was Sunday. The Bible tells us very plainly. John said, I was the Lord, I was in the spirit of the Lord on the Lord's day. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, which was Sunday. The apostles switched uh, formal worship to Sunday, not Saturday. They changed it. That's the reason we're here Sunday morning, Sunday evening, hopefully. Now, if you want to go to church on Saturday night, fine, but you're not keeping the Sabbath. If you think you're keeping the Sabbath for justification, you've fallen from grace. That's a work. Hello, amen. amen. We don't come to church to be saved. We come to church because you are saved. Let's get it right now. How many has got it? Well, then Mary Magdalene and the mother sees the sepulcher, and, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door, and sat upon it. <laughs> Can you get all that? One little angel came and rolled back a two-ton stone, or thereabouts, and sat on it. Now, as I said, Jesus is already gone. The angel didn't have to come down to roll the stone away for Jesus to get out. He rolled the stone away for us to see and get in. His countenance was lightning, his raiment white as snow, and for fear of him, the keepers, that's the soldiers that were there guarding this tomb, did shake and became his dead men. They all fell under the power of God. Petrified, couldn't move. I got a feeling, though, their eyes could move. Who's that over there? I can't see. I can't move. Who's that? Oh, you know, I, 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 my imagination kind of runs away. <laughs> well, if you was there in that condition, wouldn't your eyes be moving trying to figure out what's going on? Just common sense, really. There they were. The angel answered and said in verse 5, Unto the women, fear you not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. Never got an angel saying he was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, as he said. Thank God. Then he said, come and see where the Lord lay. Now, there's so much in the word of God. The angel said, the Lord lay there. How in the world can God... I don't know. I just know God became flesh and dwelt among us. And Christ, the second person in Trinity, walked as a man and went to the cross, humbled himself into the death of the cross because he wanted us to receive eternal life. That was the reason. He didn't die for himself. No. Someone said, well, I just can't serve a God that demands somebody to be sacrificed. Well, then you're going to go to hell because God gave his own son for our sinful condition so that we could be spared eternal damnation. Say amen, everybody. That's a biggie right there. But then all the blessings of of, of, of God that's been working on the New Jerusalem 2,000 years. He only worked on the heaven and earth that we know about for six days. Right. 2,000 years, man. I tell you, we're going to go to a place out of this world. Amen. Are you ready? Yes. Water baptism. 
symbolizes salvation, death, burial, and resurrection to walk in newness of life. It's symbolic. So is communion. It's symbolic. But it represents something very dear to the heart of God. And if we will allow the communion symbols and emblems to be our point of contact with Christ, I tell you, everything can change this morning. No, there's no power in the wine and the bread. But what it represents, there's power. God honors. It's very similar to when they would bring the animal sacrifice in the Old Covenant. We don't sacrifice Christ afresh. He's sacrificed once and for all. See? But in symbolism, it does represent his death, burial, and resurrection, just like water baptism, which, by the way, is a command. Amen. And if he's our Lord, sure. Yes, man. Make sure heaven's your home no matter what, just by obedience to God's will. That's what it's all about. It's God's will to receive communion today. Amen. Because it represents Christ dying on the cross and Christ's resurrection from the dead and his second coming for the rapture of the church. Those three things it represents. It also symbolizes our death in Christ, our resurrection in Christ, and our getting out of here when the trumpet sounds. Could I have it? Amen. That's what it means. But oh, so much more than that. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. So he was gone before the stone was rolled away and the seal was broken. Now, the soldiers were the guards. And um, let's go to verse 11 of chapter 28 now. So the soldiers were the guards. They were commanded to watch. And I wonder why the soldiers were not killed because they let a dead prisoner escape. (laughs) And then they said, "Uh, we were asleep. Now, wait a minute. They paid them to say, the good politicians, God bless the Democrats. There were no Democrats in those days, people. Wake up. It was the Pharisees, dear God. The Pharisees and the Jews, they were the ones. Paid off the guards, money. You know, money is a terrible thing. To lie. Oh, we fell asleep, and then they they came and stole the body. And you know, after they had spent that money, they had to lie the rest of their life. Think about it. Well, what happened to Jesus? Uh, We fell asleep. Now, wait a minute. If they fell asleep, they should have been killed according to the law. Yet they were spared. Why is that? Well, you know why. That's the best lie the devil can come up with. Now, when they were going, behold, some of the watch came to the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. So they come back and said, hey, we fell under the power. We couldn't move. Nothing but our eyeballs could move. And this angel came down, rolled the stone away, but Christ, you know, the tomb was empty and they, they told the story. So actually, they were the first ones to tell the gospel. Woo, well, that rubs religion wrong right there. Well, that's what they said. Well, it doesn't necessarily say that, but then they told them to shut up about it. Paid them off to keep their mouth shut because what they were saying was absolutely true. 
And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken the counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers. Verse 12. Good politics. Then it said, verse 13, say this, His disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. That's what I'm saying. They should have been killed. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. In other words, we're going to pull some strings here and make it all look good. That is a good Democrat right there. Now, verse 15, and so they took the money. Oh, money. And did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. So they should have been killed. They fell asleep on the job. But Pilate took care of the situation, you know, and then made a deal, paid them money to lie, and, and uh, that's what is taught to this day, the Bible says. But it wasn't a one-time lie. It was for the rest of your life. So how did they repent? You've got to understand, everybody, these soldiers were eyewitnesses. Actually, they were their first human eyewitnesses, even before Mary. Hello. And I got this idea that maybe some of them became believers. You think? They might have had to leave the country and, and quit lying about the, the, the fake, you know, stealing of the body. But, you know, God even loved the soldiers. They were just doing their job. They had no choice. And so we go to Revelation 117 then. Then we're going to go to the communion here today. Hallelujah. When I saw him, now this is John the Revelator in the Isle of Patmos, <clears throat> in the spirit on the Lord's day. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me saying, Unto me, fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. How many believes it? Amen. And I had the keys of hell and death. While these things which thou hast seen, I write these things which thou hast seen. And the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Now the communion this morning. Let's prepare our hearts, everybody. Prepare our hearts to receive communion. And, and before we go to some of these scriptures now, if you're not saved, do not take communion. Because you could die before your time. Many sleep not discerning the Lord's body, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11. If there's any known sin in your life, I shouldn't even have to say this, but I have to. If there's any known, unconfessed sin in your life, confess it to the Lord and repent of that. He'll forgive us every time, but He wants us not to go back to the thing we're confessing. You say, well, I can't help it. Yeah, you can. 
Holy Spirit's been given to us to help us. That's why one reason why we have him. And so it's a time of soul searching now. Communion is the memorial of Christ's death. A partaking of symbols, emblems representing the sinless blood and body of our Lord Jesus. Taken for the realization of a spiritual union between Jesus and the one receiving communion. We are to trust Jesus in faith. I want to go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified by faith. How many have faith in Jesus? Everybody say amen if you do. We have peace with God. (laughs) God's not, not against us now. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. The next verse then. By whom also we have access by faith into his grace. Wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now drop down to verse 8 and 9. We'll let the scripture talk to us today. But God commends his love toward us. And while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. And not only died for us when we were sinners, but he's also made provisions for we Christians when we, when we get tripped up in sin. Right. See? It's not a license to live that way. You don't want to live in sin all the time. You hate it. But sometimes we do and we can't help it. I understand that. But we can grow out of it. Amen. One way is to stretch your faith and believe God. Make an overcomer. Then the ninth verse. Much more than being now justified by his blood. His blood that was shed on the cross. We shall be saved from wrath through him. Turn to somebody and say, we're going to be saved. I teach this way. We are saved, excuse me, we were saved at the cross. We are saved now and will be saved when trumpet sounds. So I'm going to escape eternal, the lake of fire. I'm going to escape the judgment of God for seven years of hell on this earth. Don't believe what they're saying. God didn't save us to punish us in the tribulation. We shall be delivered from the wrath of God. That's the tribulation period to come. Amen. So we believe this, don't we? This is the blessed hope of the church. We believe this, don't we? Sure. It's what the Word of God teaches. So, yes, I believe it. So then God gave for us, John 3, 16, everybody knows that. In the Old Testament, the offerings represented the Savior to come. So God's judgment would be postponed on the sinner by allowing his wrath to fall upon the sacrifice instead of the transgressor. So when they'd bring that lamb and that lamb was slain, if that person that brought the lamb looked to the sacrifice to the coming Messiah, God would say, okay, you're looking to the son that's I'm going to sin. I accept the sacrifice. And God's wrath was postponed a year but put on the animal, so to speak. The sinner must have faith in the sacrifice to escape judgment. When I, if I was living in the days of Moses and, and Abraham, and I brought a lamb, you know, to offer because of my family's sins for that year, I, I, had, to have sac- I had to have faith in that sacrifice that God would accept it. And if he would accept it because I'm looking for the Savior to come, then I would escape judgment. 
So that's what it's all about, escaping judgment. Amen. Amen. Well, how can we escape judgment? Jesus stepped up and took our judgment. Right. It's like being sentenced to the electric chair. Wait a minute. He's pardoned. Now, those the volunteer are going to take your place. It's a crude analogy, but there's some truth to it. This means that the one bringing the perfect offering to God must look through the offering to the coming Lamb of God. This is also what God would do if the sacrifice was correct. Now, judgment was postponed one year, and the sinner would go free. That's a good deal. Isn't that a good deal? Then we think about Exodus chapter 12. You, you, you know, the, the Ten Commandments was on last night. And I find it strange that they didn't show any religious show on the Christian networks. What's happening? But they were coming out of Egypt, Israel was, and, and a few days, uh, you know, prior to their exodus, God said, I'm going to have to kill the firstborn. Pharaoh actually sentenced it, but then, you know, the, the, the last sign was to be the firstborn to be killed. And so God told the children of Israel to take the lamb's blood and put it on the doorpost, and get inside the house and shut the door. I'm going to send the destroyer. He's going to kill the firstborn of every family, every animal, so forth and so on. What's happened? That's why we call it the Passover. God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Now, anybody could get in the house. You weren't so perfect. They weren't so perfect. Wasn't even born again. But if they were behind the doorpost where the blood was, God sees the blood, what's represented his son's blood to come on the cross. And he says, oh, next. Praise God. Not only are we covered by the blood, folks, listen, we're washed by the blood. Praise God. Just, they just simply applied the blood in total confidence. The Old Testament often typified God's wrath against sin. Judgment first, grace second. I want to say that again. It was judgment first and then grace second. It must be that way. There would be no grace for us today if Christ hadn't bore our judgment. Here's what's the appalling thing about it is Christ absorbed the punishment for the entire human race. Those sins, don't take this too far, but their sins, the human race's sins, are already forgiven. God is already reconciled. The condition is they must accept God's plan of salvation or their sins remain. God turned back the human race through Christ. Come to me. I've provided all you need. I gave your lamb. How can you turn away when I gave my best for you? I'm going to say something now. It may not sound too loving, but it's what I believe. If a person turns away from the Lamb of God, Jesus, they'll go to hell. Choice is yours. I suggest we hold his nail-scarred feet, everybody. <laughs> he won't kick us away. Praise God. 
So judgment first, grace secondly. Hence, we have the sin offering and the trespass offering in Christ Jesus. He was our sin offering and he was our trespass offering. Fulfilling all the Old Testament types and shadows. Now the sin offering. The sin offering, Jesus was, removed the barrier that was caused by these sin. Everybody say barrier. When a person's lost from God, there's a barrier. When they hear the good news, if they'll accept the good news, the barrier, they will discover it's removed. So when Jesus became our sin offering on the cross, then the barrier that was caused by the sin nature we got through Adam, not acts of sin, just because of the residue of evil that is put in every human's heart in the human race. The human heart is deceitfully wicked, and who can know it? And we all have that little problemo, don't we? Not me. You lie. You better read 1 John again, everybody, chapter 1. Come on now. But we don't major on this. That old sin nature we got from Adam was crucified with Christ. No, it was not taken out of your life. It will be removed permanently when the trumpet sounds and we're raptured out of here. Nevertheless, this problem indwells every person, but will be removed at the resurrection to come. Jesus took care of that for us. Amen. That's the sin offering, the sin offering. Now, the second thing Jesus did was he was our trespass offering. Now, the church understands this. They do not understand about the sin offering. Because the sin offering was for the sin, not acts of sin. The trespass offering took care and atoned for the acts of sin that we committed. Church majors on that. But what causes people to commit acts of sin? The sin nature that's out of control. They don't know how to live for God. If you find out you're crucified with Christ, you're dead. The life that you now live in the flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. If you say that you're just a sinner and you can't help it, you're not crucified. You're not sanctified. And you will not be glorified until you settle this issue. You know, I might preach pretty rough this year, but this church is going to get on fire for God one way or the other. The truth is the only thing going to set us free to start with. So you see, the sin offering and the trespass offering, we could say the works of the flesh that we committed. Have you ever lied? One time. Then you're guilty of breaking all the Ten Commandments. Fear not. Jesus was our sin offering. (laughs) So, in other words, he became guilty so we, the guilty ones, could go free and be innocent. 
When you're justified, that means that there was not even a trial. These TV shows, oh, yeah, you know, we, there's, there's a courtroom. No, there's no such trial. Jesus stood trial. God didn't hold our old sins against us. This is why Jesus came, to remove the penalty for sinning. Amen. God doesn't save us in sins. He saves us from them anyway. So the cross was necessary as Christ was our sin offering and our trespass offering both. Now this, everybody say the sin offering. Be patient now. We're going to get to this in a minute. No church tonight, so you can go and get some sleep. The sin offering deals with our condition. Struggling to do right all the time. While the trespass offering deals with our acts of sinning, doing wrong all the time. Both are covered in Christ Jesus. Give me an amen now. In other words, our faith's in Him. He paid up in full for our problems. The first problem is an indwelling problem, and the second one is an outward problem with no remedy on man's part. That's the reason you can't save yourself. Nobody can save themselves. All right? The church preaches against sin all the time, but it's the old academic nature that we inherited from the fall is really the problem. So when you receive communion, what you're saying to your old man, you're dead. I'm committed to Christ. I'm following Him, and you will submit to the divine nature that I have. Amen. Do you know that a Christian doesn't have to lie? A Christian doesn't have to sin. If you tell me you can't help it but sinning, I suggest you're not quite right with God. And even though we can get into a sin, but even then. I've had people sit in the office and cry because of their sin, but you know what? I said that's the very reason why Christ had to go to the cross. Now you understand. Yes, I understand now. But thank God he's merciful. The trespasses. Trespasses committed are a fruit of an inward condition. That's why we all need the Savior. And Christ took care of both problems. Now, let's look at 1 John 1, 8 to 10. Now let's skip that. I've already, I've already talked about that. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 22. Everybody doing okay now? 1 Corinthians 15, 22. Praise the Lord, everybody. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Now 1 Corinthians 15, 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. You're made alive when you're born again. Because of that fact, your body will be resurrected when the trumpet sounds. Or changed if we're living when that time comes. And then we all know this one, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, I'll wait for you to get there. So I can quote them fashion. You can put them on the screen, Billy. 
If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Everybody say you're a new creature. All right. On that basis, we can receive communion. Old things passed away, all things become new. The next verse. Excuse me, 21. Excuse me, 21. He has made him to be a sin for us, the sin offering for us, and the trespass offering also, who knew no sin. So only Jesus was the only one that could qualify to be our Savior. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's not a self-righteous thing, but Christ gives us his righteousness so that we could be right with God. Amen. So Jesus then fulfilled all the requirements of God's He filled out all the requirements of God. Amen. So now the communion. Everybody say communion. The communion. Uh, that's enough teaching. The communion. We have first uh, the bread. The scripture says, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, this is my body which is given for you. His body was not broken on the cross. There was no bone broken. Amen. Said amen. amen. Scripture cannot be changed. So, his body was given for our healing. We must accept it. Let me back up. We have the wine here. All right, what's the fruit? What's grape juice? Grape juice. But it's the fruit of the vine. The fruit of the vine represents the blood of Jesus. This is the cup of New Testament. As often you drink this cup, partake of this cup, you show the Lord's death until he comes. And so he didn't tell us how long to do it, how many times to do it. Some churches do it once a week, once a month, once a year. There's no requirement. The main thing is we understand what it means. So we had the blood that was shed on the cross for the cleansing of our sins. Amen. Then we had the beating that Jesus took upon his back and the stripes and the crown of thorns for our memory, uh, emotions and everything. And uh, he was bruised for our iniquities, chastisement, our peace was upon him. With his stripes, we are healed. First Peter 2.24, he was put to the cross, became a curse. With his stripes, we were healed. And so the physical body was for our physical healing. Jesus gave his physical body for our healing. Amen. And we got to accept this because this is the, this is the salvation. See, this is deliverance, salvation. So uh, where we get mixed up is that uh, we got to understand the one, two, threes. It's the wine first for our sins. Amen. And then the body, the children's bread for our healing. Amen. We understand this. But in the church setting, I've learned we can't do it this way. Because some of you, if you take the juice first and the, the, the bread second, and there's nothing to wash the bread down with, you might get choked, and I don't need a lawsuit. <laughs> so we're going to do it this way. It's the bread first for your healing. Take it in absolute confidence. The blood's on your heart. You're right with God. You're ready to roll. We're renewing our commitment to Christ all the way 100%. So 
enjoy today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis. For more information regarding our ministry and mission, please visit us online at zwmi.com. Once again, that's zwmi.com. Or visit us on Facebook at Zion Word Ministries International. 